flourish. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 All right, they're going to fire away. A couple right. questions for you, and then cool. uh, we'll be on your way. Thank you for taking the time. For sure, for sure. I'll go first, Ben. I wanted to ask you about when you briefly were doing your thing with the Mez and Maurice back in 2016. If that was ever going to lead to a match, something you would have done, would you have been careful about how you did it? Um, talk to how far that gone. So I would have 100% done it. Um, I feel like when you're working in the wrestling business, you kind of got to be game to do whatever. And when that started to kind of unfold, I was like, oh, is that where this is headed right now? What do I need to be prepared for? Because even when I went out to slap Miz, I was like talking to Natty. I'm like, what do I do? How do I do this? I've not slapped a person. Um, so she was kind of walking me through how to do that. And then obviously being slapped by Maurice. Um, so I was totally down for it. But I actually think the WWE was more on the side of... They knew that I had started like established credibility already as like a broadcaster. I think they were a little trepidatious about like messing with that in any way or like having me become too involved in storylines like that. I think they were pretty protective of um, of the role that I played with them. So it, it never really came up for it to go down that path. I think that got shut down pretty quick beyond the slot. Which I would do again. <laughs> Has that ship sailed, or would you still consider doing that, you know, down the road if you get back in with a wrestling? Company? Yeah, I mean, I would totally do something like that. Again, it's like when you're talking like wrestling. Of course, any moment that you can have, whether I mean, as much as I love talking, I love being a broadcaster. But it's like that entertainment side of things that uh, that I'm super drawn to. So definitely. Hi, Renee. Uh, so I'm Chris with ComicBook.com. I've been asking everybody this. There's a lot of wrestling biopics on the horizon with like Chris Hemsworth playing Hulk Hogan and Bradley Cooper playing Vince. If Renee ever shows up as a character in one of these wrestling biopics, who would you want to play you? Ooh. Well, I think you have to go with like. If I had to pick someone, like she could play me, but like do like a better version of me. Uh, maybe like a Margot Robbie. Oh yeah. Or like Alicia Cuthbert, I think would be one. People always say that me and Kirsten Dunst look alike, so maybe her. One of those. I see a one Renee of those three. sort of thing. I maybe like yes. I listen. Of course, I'm. I'm down. I'm down. That would be listen. great. Uh, Renee, Nick Houseman, for us. I kind of. I'm gonna follow up on a question I asked uh, Brian too. Uh, were you surprised by the Vince McMahon allegations, and what do you think about him stepping down? Yeah, I mean, it was quick. It was definitely like a quick moment, and I think it's just. Uh, it's obviously a very interesting. I'm sure very stressful time with what all is going on over there. Um, one thing I will say, though, about that is I love seeing Steph step in as, he, as a co-COO. I think she's amazing, and she's not only one of, like, the best performers that we've had in WWE, but I think all the work that she does behind the scenes, I think for her to really get this opportunity to see her flourish in that spot and see what she's going to do, I think it's really cool. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Is she, uh, do you think, what is something that uh, a lot of people don't know about her, like, from a creative standpoint, things like that, that kind of, like, makes her stand out as like somebody that's approachable and anything like that. Right? The thing with stuff that you get that I've always really admired for somebody being as busy as she is and everyone's tugging her a million different directions. When you're talking to Steph, you're talking to Steph. Much like what Brian was saying out there, she's not thinking of a million different things. She's very present. She is with you. There's times that I would talk to Steph. I mean, whether it's me talking to her about a promo that I had coming up or other work-related uh, work things, but also just like we would talk about our dogs. I would still like message her pictures of our baby. Like it's just super, super personable like that. Yeah. Renee, what was it like doing commentary the first time? Like would you ever start doing it again for other wrestling promotions? Um, I don't know. So I mean I definitely have like a bit of a love-hate relationship with commentary that it wasn't the thing that I was always like dying to do. 
I thought when I first started doing it, I was like, oh shit, this is awesome. This is going to be something really, really cool. And it just wasn't a thing that I loved, loved doing. But circumstances can always be different. Situations can always be different. Um, because my time doing commentary at NXT, I think, was a different scenario than when I was doing commentary on Monday Night Raw. It depends on what that environment is, what that situation is. Um, so maybe, if I've learned anything in wrestling, it's never say never. So maybe. I had a question about, you know, you and me and Gene had a bit of a connection on mm -hmm. screen. People were kind of saying that you were the most original announcer since me and Gene, who was kind of personality. What's your favorite memory of him and do you, do you get the kind of importance of working with him? Oh my God. Me and Gene is like... <laughs> so funny one of my very first things I ever did with WWE was going into to do WWE Vintage with Gene and I remember the first time that he like called me on to set like on camera I was like here comes Renee Paquette which I was like Renee Paquette for a second before they changed it to Renee Young but I was so nervous I was like oh oh my god that's me and Gene Okerlund uh, but then over the years I'm not even over the years but like kind of instantly we just had this really great rapport really great chemistry he's just he's the best he is exactly what you think that he would be. He is charming, he's funny, he's like so sharp, all of those things. But my favorite memories with Gene were always the moments at the bar after shooting. We would go to the Capitol Grill, we'd have some food, we'd throw back some cocktails, and we were just friends. We had like a really great friendship. He was a, a very beautiful man. You're a big music fan, and uh, I'm curious too, if from a creative standpoint for you or for your husband, was there any like music influences that you kind of pulled out or maybe suggested to him that kind of even incorporated into his own persona or your own like identity mm, on air? Wow. Um, God, is he going to be mad that if I say that I kind of, um, I thought that he should come out to Violet by Hole when he was doing that on some of uh, some indie shows? He's gonna, this would be really cool. And he, he loves that music anyway, so it's not like it was out of left field, but he was like, yeah, maybe that could be cool. Uh, but then seeing that kind of come to fruition, I feel like he's going to hear that and like correct me and be like, uh, that was my idea. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we talk about stuff like that all the time. We're just talking about like different music and things that we're into. I remember at like one point really listening to um, the Lana Del Rey Ultraviolence yeah. record. And that was because I think he saw the title of that. So I was like, oh, I like that. That's something really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we're kind of all over the place. Whether it's listening to, we're both like huge Queens of the Stone Age fans. Um, I mean, sometimes when I get in this car, I'm like, what are you listening to? Um, so yeah, there's things that we definitely overlap on and other things. Like when I'm listening to like Joni Mitchell, I'm sure he doesn't care, but Jenny Lewis is another one too. We both love Jenny Lewis. Renee, what do you do to prevent burnout? <sighs> I wish I knew. Yeah, it's really funny. I feel like early in my career, I've always been kind of a... Not on purpose, but like kind of burning my candle at both ends. I love being busy. I love staying busy. I think there's something to being in that rhythm that really helps. And then when you're not in that rhythm, that's when it kind of hits you. You're like, oh, God, I've been rocked. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just kind of striking that balance, knowing when to say no to certain things. And luckily now I'm in, like, you know, a pretty privileged position of being able to say no to certain things, kind of picking and choosing. But I can also very much so be like, yeah, I love working. I love being around people. I love doing what I get to do. So... It's not always easy to say no to certain things, but um, I think that's something that I've been kind of trying to be better at is like really filling my plate with the things that I truly want to be doing to kind of prevent that burnout. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, assume that you would end up in AEW as an announcer. Obviously, you'd be starting a family, so you've had other things on, on your plate. <laughs> yeah. But is it something that you want to do? Because it seems like a no-brainer that that would eventually happen, just given what you did before. Sure. I mean, yeah. 
It's not, I've never had any actual conversations with Tony. I've not had any conversations with anybody there about stepping in and doing anything. I do think like their announced team does an awesome job. I think maybe they could use another female voice out there doing a little something something. So maybe, but there is one thing that I've definitely learned and that's that I don't love calling my husband's matches. Uh, but again, doing commentary, it would not be the thing that I would want to do anyways. So maybe it's conducting interviews. Maybe it's finding some other kind of show, some other kind of thing there. But I don't know. Maybe. When you, do watch, when you do watch John's matches like at home, are you more of the sit-still-on-the-couch kind of person or the run-around-in-the-living-room type of person? Um, I know. I, I feel kind of lame saying that Like I watch it all the time, so it doesn't quite phase me the way that I think people think that it phases me. And sometimes it does. Don't get me wrong. There's times that I'm like, oh my god, what's happening? So it can be like that, but a lot of times um, I know how good he is at what he does. I know how much he loves what he does. That's kind of my bigger takeaway than the blood and the guts and the gore and the horror. Renee, how have your priorities shifted personally and professionally since becoming a mother? They've shifted a lot in ways that I didn't predict. Um, being someone who has always really put work first, work first, hustle, hustle, do all these things, make it, you know, trying to build up my own resume and my career. And now to like have this time for me, like stepping away from WWE, which was a huge moment to be like, I'm going to stop this for a sec and I don't know what I'm going to do next, but then getting pregnant, becoming a mom, doing those things. And being able to spend that time with her, I kind of always come back to like, our kids are only small for so long. I'm so lucky that right now I'm doing the sessions, I'm doing stuff from home so I can pop up, I do my thing, and then I still get to be there with her and there while she's walking, while she's learning to talk, like doing all those things. And I just really cherish those moments. I'm trying to just like be in that moment right now than being like, what's next, what's next? What's the next thing I'm gonna do? So. It's more so just like enjoying the moment that I'm in right now. Let's do two more guys. Being a hockey fan, who do you think, uh, what players of history, it could be all around, who would you think make good dressers? Ooh, I mean Ty Domi, obviously. Yeah, right? Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker. Darcy Tucker, not only is he scrappy, he had like that really good flow of hair. Um, he would be really good. I think Yager would be somebody also with the hair that could be really cool. Um, gosh, who else? For sure, definitely. Maybe like Wendell Clark. Let's start with yeah, that. Let's get that stash out there and see what he brings to the table. Like yeah. Renee, you've talked uh, a lot about commentary, uh, your broadcasting on air stuff. Uh, one thing I haven't really heard is uh, maybe possibly being a producer. Have you mm. ever thought about doing that where you know you can sort of help out, be involved in the business uh, without you know having to take on a yeah, I mean, maybe to a degree. I mean, there will always kind of be the part of me that, like, I love... There's something about the performance aspect and, like, being in front of the camera. That will always be the thing that I gravitate towards that I love to do. But there was even, like, a point in time in WWE when they were having me be a little bit more hands-on, um, either on, like, the backstage segments that I was working on, um, and then we were bringing in new broadcasters, really kind of getting them up to speed and helping them figure out how to kind of work within the, within those uh, within that world, and I love doing that. I mean, I do I do really love being able to help other people and helping them kind of figure out how to be good in that role. Um, it's one of those things that really just kind of takes time and experience. Um, but yeah, I liked doing that. It was cool. Thank you guys. Thank Renee, you. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Thank, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good one.